Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. It's all over. Football season is over. Let's try and make some sense of this new world order as we jump into basketball and hockey and eventually... I guess even baseball. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3, presented by Omaha. We're back from a wonderful Super Bowl week in Phoenix and Glendale, Arizona. Me, Eddie Spaghetti, Cousin Sal, most of the rest of the gang. Someone who we left behind to make his pages to continue his dominance over the game of show business. It's Kevin Hench. Spaghetti's there behind the glass. Hench, Super Bowl 57 in the books. Welcome, like I say, to all the other sports. And one of those sports happens to the offseason of pro football. I am more excited for this offseason than I can remember remember being excited for one with free agency nigh and all the, the draft stuff. It's getting going now. We have something to, to fill our lives with, with even the games are over in well, six months. How say you, Hench? Whoa! I guess that that, that was a, a, a good there from the henchmans there from one of the dogs. Super Bowl 57, your reaction. All right, I'm in the dog pound. I'm in the dog pound here. As you can hear, uh, Louie and Ali keeping me safe. Uh, I'm depressed. Like, I, what do you think I'm feeling today? Mm-hmm. Unless you are a diehard Chiefs fan, you should be depressed. You should be disconsolate. Like, I get it. If you're a Chiefs fan, party, be ecstatic, great. If you're a neutral or an Eagles fan, you you should be questioning everything about this, this great institution called the National Football League. It's so sad. I don't I really don't. I mean, right, guys, you hear me. You agree. <laughs> Louie and Ollie, are they named after your favorite athletes? I'm trying to think who those could oh, be. Oh, my God. With. These two idiotic dogs are named uh ollie i don't know how we named ollie louie is named after chewy louie from the children's book this is what happens when you let a you know a nine-year-old or a six-year-old at the time name your dog so louie so, close, ollie, so close to dewey the great right fielder for the red sox oh, that would have been anything cool. would have been an improvement uh kind of kind of like the end of last night's game anything would have been an improvement um so I have a million thoughts. Okay. I was thinking my this next 45 minutes I'm about to launch into should, of course, be expletive laden. I, it should just be. And then I was thinking, you know, we don't really I don't I try to rein it in. So spaghetti doesn't have to spend, you know, half his life bleeping me. But then I was thinking we should lay down uh, just a profanity track where ah. I just swear for an hour and then our listeners can play that underneath my rant. So it's like you're still hearing what I'm saying, but you're getting all the F-bombs and MFers and CSers because, I mean, I am so just I'm I'm bubbling with rage, as you can imagine. And we'll get to the call. <laughs> you know, how else could this season end? How else exactly? End, right? I, I, that though you are you as a fan. I'm a fan of consistency and the world making some sense. How else should 
the NFL 2022 season and other than with a rubbish call. You know what? Patrick Mahomes got the MVP of the Super Bowl in the regular season. I guess I'm okay with both those votes, but if we're not jiving ourselves, the MVP in terms of value to the game result is the referees. That's it. They impacted the the course of this season more than any other. And I guess my first question for you is, by the way, I like your idea of a, of a track. I think a nice subtle or not so subtle, like as Hench talks, you just hear the beep going endlessly beep, <laughs> over that just because because that's what you it would just be entirely bleeped out. You know, Seinfeld start, stopped swearing. Seinfeld used to swear in his stand up. And then he's like, you know, if you I need swears, that. if you need swears, then it's not funny. And I think, you know, that's probably a, a good uh, guide. But I'm like, well, I'm just angry. And when I get angry, when I hit my thumb with a hammer, I drop F-bombs and I'm angry. So it just feels natural to swear incessantly. But maybe uh, I should grow up. But first, OK, before we get to I mean, I've, there's so many ways to come at this. So let me just do a few minutes on this part of it before we get to the call and all the shills we've been talking about for weeks who snap into, um, hey, 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 man, don't say anything bad about the product. You know, we don't really live in a free country, right? We know who pays the bills. All right, let's, hey, there's Rupert Murdoch, my guy, and Elon Musk. Yeah, there's a couple brilliant guys. Hey, they they pay my bills. I don't know what to say. Like, you don't really live in a free country, right? You're not really part of a free country when you have to say, my boss is awesome. Um, so what I have, I have a thought on that too, that extends beyond any employment based kind of thing. I really think we, we saw, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm naive. I love America. I love freedom. I love Liberty. I love democracy. And that four hours last night is like, Oh, this thing's almost over. This incredible American experiment (laughs) is almost over, you know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the celebrity in the commercials was unprecedented, unprecedented for narcissistic nonsense. Like what? Give an example. Narcissistic nonsense. One commercial after another, just, you know, Stallone topping Bradley Cooper and his mom being topped by Will Ferrell, being topped by Ben Affleck and JLo, like just all like awful. This is why they hate us. Stop. (laughs) Please stop. Can I see an effing Clydesdale and a puppy and a Ford F-150, please, not another celebrity, <laughs> please, you're killing America, you're killing me, so that was- I thought horrendous. the worst one, by the way, I didn't, I, 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 I'm I, one of the weirdos, who, I'm not the uh, Johnny Football who, um, who has to ignore the commercials, like, I don't care about those, I'm here for ball, I'm not that guy, but I guess maybe I am, because I've just never- since my earliest age, ever really given much of a crap about Super Bowl commercials? It's, I, I know it's this cottage industry that requires. I mean, how can their you? Own- how can you care when you've got to work on uh, uniforms and apples? You got uh, you, so much you, you work can, to you do. You can make you can make your fun, but those are my passions, and and I'm not going to apologize to you or anyone else about it. Um, it, it seems those seem like better um, activities to fair indulge enough, in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Why? I mean, but. Networks do entire hour longs to tease 
the upcoming Super Bowl commercial. I, I don't understand why it's such a fascination for the world. Same goes for me who sings at halftime, how that lures additional audience. I don't exactly understand or the value of doing that to the artist. I know that there are a billion people watching is the answer, but still it's weird to me that like Rihanna or Beyonce or anyone else gets the pop out of that appearance and they rank it as the greatest moment of their professional lives. Like really people waiting for the second half people like kind of nervously waiting, but okay. Just, just to couch it in these terms Hench, and then I want to hear you rant. Believe me, I'm sure everybody is anxious to hear your thoughts on the Super Bowl. This is your Super Bowl of complaints coming up about the Super Bowl and the season at large. I'm curious, though, for real, where that call spoiling that game, which was the game isn't now reduced to, you know, to zero because of a bad call. But it it kind of spoils the entire event to the degree that Lost was ruined by its terrible ending. Game of Thrones was ruined by its. Um, what was the Spielberg picture with the boy um, with, with uh, what's his name down in the bottom of the sea at the end? And he sees his mom down there. AI. AI. AI is a great movie if they had eliminate the last 15, 20 minutes of it. If he ends with what's his name, little kid from uh, Sixth Sense, seeing his mom as a statue down there. If the movie ends there, it's a great picture. But then there's another 20 minutes that make no sense and ruin the whole thing. I'm putting it up there in the pantheon of great entertainment spoiled by the by the very ending. I'm putting it in the top three all time, and I'm going to consider it. I'm going to meditate. It may be worse than the Game of Thrones ending that we all have to suffer through. How say you? Well, so, okay, well, I guess- Also, you know, every Jed Apatow movie is 20 minutes too in, long. In, too, uh, in journalism, um, you know, they would say, you know, your lead, you know, start with the big, start with what it's about. So I guess I was thinking maybe we'd build to the call, but you're right. It's better journalism to just get right to it. So um, we, I used the analogy uh, two weeks ago after the officials awarded the Chiefs the Super Bowl. They said, hey, man, great season. Enjoy going to the Super Bowl um, as we as there are 12 different calls over the course of this game where it's like you're just adjudicating this game completely differently for the Chiefs and the Bengals. And I was happy. My 82 year old mom said, yeah, I'm rooting for the Eagles. And I said, why? She said, I'm still cross at the officials from the uh, Bengals Chiefs game. It's like that old you. bird. That old bird gets it. Yeah, I like you. Sh you should be pissed. So um, so I use the analogy after that debacle which is is just another debacle after a season of like, I mean, what would the montage look like of terrible roughing the passer calls? Like, like this season of officials ruining games and changing outcomes, un, unprecedented. And then, of course, maximum vacuous leader Roger Goodell says never better. It's never been better. And that's what we're supposed to believe. Like that's, we're supposed to drink the Kool-Aid. And then of course, Burger McFarland, a lot of, a lot of corporate shills. Uh, everybody's on board to say like, guys, 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 let's say it's never been better. Let's all just keep this gravy train going. Hey, you know, we know who pays the bills, right? So, so obviously because I have vision and a soul, I can't say the officiating's never been better. Um, but I use the analogy, American tackle football is the Sistine Chapel. It is, it is to art, 
what the what the body is being asked to do is the highest form of athleticism that exists. This incredible thing has been rendered, has been invented, has been perfected. And then the officials come in with their paintball paint, their school bus yellow paint, and just splatter it all over the Sistine Chapel. And then Roger Goodell says, never better. I think the Sistine Chapel's never looked better. I think Michelangelo missed a real opportunity here, which is putting splotches of school bus yellow paint all over the Sistine Chapel. So I'd already used that analogy two weeks ago. Now we are we are on the precipice of 38-38 overtime Super Bowl, which would be unquestionably the Sistine Chapel of Super Bowls. This would be the greatest Super Bowl of all time. 38-38 heading into overtime. Or or oh. or Jalen Hurts drives him down the field and they score with 30 seconds to go. Uh, and, total and it possibility. Ranks, total and, possibility. Right. But, it ranks probably as the best Super Bowl off the top of your head. Of course. Of course. Any score by the Eagles uh, in the final two right. minutes makes it the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Makes right. it the Sistine Chapel. So now we, you know, Juju runs the runs the the jerk. You know, he he's he's you know, and the, and the previous two times they've run this pattern, uh, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore have been open by 35 yards. I mean, on the Sky Moore touchdown, the eagle responsible for him was 35 yards away. He ran all the way to the other side of the line of scrimmage, like, hey, buddy. Uh, have you noticed that your guy is not coming in motion? He's way over there. So that was kind of embarrassing by the Eagles. So then, you know, Bradbury doesn't go for it. He doesn't bite on it. He stays with him. When we talk about plaster yourself to the receivers, right? You're allowed, certainly within five yards, you're allowed to touch the receiver. And so there is an official five yards from these guys, right? He's looking right down the line at them. He's uh, he's staring at it. What happened in the Saints Rams debacle of the no call that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl to lose to the Patriots instead of sending the Saints to the Super Bowl to beat the Patriots? Um, what happened was those two officials were e equidistant from the play. Right, those two guys both froze, praying that the other guy would make the call. So they both froze on a clear pass interference. And did nothing. And then we're like, oh, I thought you were going to. I didn't want to. I thought you were going to. This play, they're not equidistant from the play. There's a guy that the play is taking place right, right in front of him. Right in front of him. And he's gone, hey, man, the guy right next to the play has said, we, we have not had our fingerprints on this one. We have done an incredible job. There have been no holding penalties. There have been no DPIs. There's been one OPI. There's just like, we've let stuff go all game. You know, uh, uh, the Eagles got away with a third down grab on a pass over the middle. Like, it's like you guys have, it's like you actually had a meeting. Guys, this one has to be decided on the field. So this guy's like, I'm not reaching. I'm not reaching for that flag. No way. Even though it's all happening right in front of me. All three ticky-tack contacts, you know, there's like an accumulation of contact there, right? Uh, and Tim Hasselbeck, 
like Booger McFarland, you know, hey, James Bradbury said he tucked a jersey and we got to all get on board right away. We got to all, we know who pays the bills. We got to all agree with, uh, with Commander Goodell, uh, maximum leader. This is great. Nothing, nothing to see here. And he says, you know, if that's, if that's defensive holding in week seven, then it has to be defensive holding in the Super Bowl. I guarantee you we could go to week seven and compile 50 plays like that that were not called. That, that 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 play does not that play gets called and it doesn't get called that level because it's not it doesn't really turn Juju. He lets go immediately. He gets the left arm on the hip. Then it goes up to the shoulder. So now it is. No it is buddy. right. Right. It is a subjective call in week seven, just as it is in, in the Super Bowl. And as I've advocated and people balk and think like it's like like I'm a heretic to even to even mention this. It goes on in two of our other major sports leagues, which is, okay, the game's on the line. You can swallow the whistle for a second here. That That is a, a reasonable approach to things at that point in the Super Bowl to not make that ticky-tack call. The idea that, like, you got to call it at all times. Like, it is a philosophical decision that, by the way, as you say, they can't tow that line because it is ultimately so subjective. Did he tug him or didn't he? Either way. Don't make the call then. They don't do it in hockey. They don't do it in the NBA. Right, I'm not right. saying they're so, right, but but the but that possibility exists that you can let a little bit more go in critical moments. Two course, other major sports leagues do it. So why so, can't the know, NFL? Go ahead. So Mahomes gets both feet on the on the white, on the out of bounds, and then just, you know, it pretends he's been hit by a, a 50 millimeter artillery cannon when Osai taps him on the arm and everyone goes, Well, well, what are you gonna do? He's out of bounds. You got it. You got to ruin the game. There's nothing we can do. You got to throw paint all over the Sistine Chapel. You got to award the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Oh, well, you didn't call Frank Clark for the uh, late hit on Burrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that part, we had a little more give and take. Like, it's like, okay, so the, the important thing is you're going to ruin the AFC championship game and you're going to ruin the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are going to be the beneficiaries in both cases. Terrific. Never better. It's never been better. So the guy standing out of bounds next to the pylon He's like, I got this. He goes right. He goes right for the flag and he throws it and the game's over. Like, so the greatest Super Bowl of all time will now be called the, oh, the defensive holding game. You know, as we get older and have more and more trouble remembering these things. Oh, you mean the defensive holding game? Yeah, yeah, that game. Exactly. That's how we all want it remembered, right? That's how Chiefs fans want it remembered. No, this is good for nobody. So my analogy is. Celtics lead by one game seven NBA finals against the Suns. There's 15 seconds left. Kevin Durant has the ball out top clock running Jason Tatum down in his defensive stool to guard Kevin Durant. Clock's running down one point game, it, possibly the most exciting finish in NBA finals history. Game seven online. Well, there's a whistle. There's a whistle. What what's up? Uh, three second call on DeAndre Ayton. What what do you mean? Uh, yeah, he was in the his foot was in the lane. His foot was in the lane. Well, well, yeah, but well, who cares? No, no, check the replay. He was in the lane for four seconds. It's a good call. Watch the replay. Tim Hasselbeck, Booger McFarland. Hey man, it's a good call. Letter of the law. His foot was in the lane. Wait, you just called a three second call to end the NBA Finals in a one point game? Of course, it would never happen. It would never, ever happen because those sports that you mentioned, hockey and, and basketball, they are like 
please, for the love of God, let the players decide this game. So we have ticky-tack, half-grab, contact. And I was like, it's funny, like, because I was, I watched it, obviously, like everybody else, I've watched it 50 times. And I'm like, I'm still not sure what he's, which, what he's calling. Like, is it, you know, does, is it the, the grab and release is so quick. And then if you watch when his flag comes out, because he, he lets go right away. And then the left hand comes around the, to the hip, but that he can't see that at all. That would have to be his buddy down the line because the arm is behind him. Then the arm goes up to the shoulder and it's like, is it just the totality of contact? I would love to know what the thought process was there where you said, I have to end this Super Bowl right now. This is my job to make this the defensive holding Super Bowl to destroy the Sistine Chapel. And so here we are once again. Lucy and Charlie Brown and the football talking about the same story. And we are not shills for the NFL. Like everybody just, you know, bowing down to commander Goodell. Everything's great. Nothing to see here. It's like, we love the game. We love the game. We love the players. And so we're allowed to say that's an effed up way to end what would have been the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Right. First of all, I wonder if in that moment, I, I don't know what the call was. I assume it's that that close hand thing, which makes it more vexing that it is like, you know, that he probably grabs him for a, a, a two tenths of a second. He physically grabs him. But in that space, those, that close contact that happens, you know, a, you know, a thousand times a football game. So it doesn't Sheffer say like. You sure? You sure, Gary? You definitely want to throw that flag right now? Like, I know what you saw, but we're really deciding a Super Bowl. The fact that the lead official or that somebody who's ever in Sheffer's ear, because clearly I do think, I don't know if you picked up on that. There were a couple few times over the course of the game where they where they enacted the, I forget, what do they call it, spaghetti? The immediate overturns? I forget. It, it, there's a subtle difference between going to the booth and having yeah. to really meditate on it where they I forget what they call it but they immediately say like yeah 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 you got you guys got that one wrong what we the expedited the expedited review the expedited review actually works and it's good and it paces it up and it really is what we've talked about for literally at least 10 years just like somebody in New York or wherever else being like yeah you guys got that one wrong just uh yeah that was no that wasn't a catch just move along they do that why didn't somebody do it in that situation? That's what makes it sort of almost more upsetting. By the way, your paint in the Sistine Chapel, I finally, for some reason, it was batting around in my head. Roger Goodell is Jack Nicholson's Joker in the original Batman movie. That's what he is. Remember, that's who he, we got to get a, a Roger Goodell uh, as the as the Joker ruining that art museum with, remember, with, uh, what's her name, Bat, uh, Kim Basinger and Michael Keaton in there. One. Um, Two, here's here's the theory I have. I don't think it's about bowing down to Goodell. I think there's some of that, but I think a, a couple of things. I, I was thinking about this last night. Why does this persist? And why the immediate reaction? Like, okay, our gut reaction to everybody watching the game was like, oh no, you've just ruined this beautiful Super Bowl with a with a jive call. And about six minutes after that, then the defenders step up and they're like, no, no, no. That was, let's not let this ruin this wonderful game. I think one, it has to do with this weird sort of attempt to empathize with Patrick Mahomes, who has the world on a string. Obviously, he's the king of football. 
on a number of levels, but people don't want to sully the piece of art, as you say, by just saying like, yeah, it was ruined by a cult. People want to honor, they want to genuflect to the historic greatness of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're great. Andy Reid's such a great guy. Let's celebrate him. Let's leave the bad calls for another time. Let's talk about that down the line. But right now, it's appropriate to honor Andy Reid and the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. So I think there's that instinct that people are like, I don't want to talk about about I want to talk about what's good instead of what's bad. I think there's part of that is true for the people talking into microphones on TV and otherwise. I think the other big factor is obviously it's the same thing as having a bad guy on your roster. If you want to attack a a team, like how could you sign X player to your team? Don't you know he's a scumbag? Like you start shooting those shots. Everybody gets killed because everybody has some bad guys associated with their favorite team. So, okay. So, so that is that. And you know, chiefs fans obviously want to take the win. They're not giving the Lombardi back. They're not going to say, yeah, that was a terrible call overtime. Instead, they're not incented to believe that. The other big factor is, I think, that I realized last night, gamblers. Half of the viewing audience is just fine with it. They got the they they had the Chiefs um plus one and a half. They took the over. That was settled hash one way or the other. So they were perfectly fine with it. They're going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was fine. Let's not reduce it just to that one game. So now you have basically half the viewing audience because of personal gain for one reason or another, that's going to be absolutely fine with it. That's, I think the big difference is that the reason something that, that these things aren't going to change is because of gambling. Now I really think like you could, as a Steelers fan, Super Bowl 40. Oh, uh, Shaq, everybody knows that was a terribly officiated football game. Like I'm a Steelers fan. I'm not, I'm not getting caught up in that jive. You guys can complain all you want. I got the Lombardi and that's the end of that. You add in weight, but I'm I'm on an island. I'm one thirty second of the football fandom out there. Gambling now it's a 50-50 proposition. Everybody's going to be like, hey, uh, I won. I don't I don't care. I'm not going to bellyache about that. Well, and let's I move mean, on to know, other matters. I, I, I think mean, that's this, the this thing, gets, right? This gets deeper to the to the death of America. Uh, and and there's no morality. <laughs> like, look, I gave out the Chiefs and the over and Mahomes as MVP. Not particularly gutsy, but I'm like, we should give our picks on this podcast because we want people, our loyal listeners, to make money. So Chiefs over Mahomes MVP. Great. I hope everybody listened. I hope everybody made money. Because we're human beings, we're not uh, automatons. We can contain multitudes. We can go, this is good for me, this result. You know, it's good for me, Patriots fans that the officials said J.R. Redmond got out of bounds in the Patriots' first Super Bowl-winning drive against the Rams, but I don't get to go like, oh, he did get out of bounds. I don't get to pretend like I have vision and a soul, so I don't get to go. And I feel like, you know, where we're going now, to your point about gambling, it's like, well, we, you know, we live in a world where if, like, if most people say it's pronounced nuclear, then it's pronounced nuclear. There's no there's no truth. Like Nietzsche said, there is no truth. There's only power. And the power obviously resides with Rupert Murdoch and Elon Musk and Roger Goodell. And so, you know, Kevin Burkhart just has to go, those guys are awesome. Hey, woo, yeah, there was my boss. 
Thanks for that cutaway to my boss. Now I get to say what an awesome guy he is, how great he's been for America, Rupert Murdoch and Elon Musk. By the way, so this is where it all ties together. Okay. So <laughs> this is so this is really what, spaghetti. Right. I expected nothing less than a Mona okay. Lisa, and so far we're getting it. So so Pat, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> so I've been saying for however long we've been doing this podcast. Like I have been deconstructing these State Farm commercials. Four and a half hours. Yeah. So these State oh, Farm. Oh no! Commercials, oh no! You meant started doing it. Yeah. I just feels the, like the, four the, and a half the, hours. The, we the State Farm commercial premise is this guy with a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract, Patrick Mahomes, and his buddy, his fellow rich buddy Aaron Rodgers. They want a deal on their insurance. They want a good deal. And not only do they want a good deal on their insurance, despite making $500 million for playing football, they don't want the nurse and the cop and the firefighter and the guy selling shoes to get the same deal. Now, right, we go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is how this is how State Farm thinks they're gonna and sell. These are our heroes. These are these this is great. I yeah, no, I, I am worth I'm worth literally worth billions of dollars. Um, with my endorsements and my salary, but I want a good deal on my insurance. And then, and then, and I don't want this guy to get the same deal I get. This guy who makes $28,000 a year, F that guy. So it's like, it's kind of funny, but kind of dark. Now, when you zoom in on Rupert Murdoch and Elon Musk during the Super Bowl, you're like, that is definitely their worldview. They, they definitely believe we have to have tax cuts for Patrick Mahomes. We have to shift the tax burden to cops and teachers and firefighters. We have to hollow out the middle class entirely. And once the middle class has been destroyed, now we got to go after the working class. We just got to crush these working, these poor working people until we return it to, to the glory days of pre-1863. Here we are, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Uh, you know, this is the worldview. This is what they want. This is what they're fighting for. So when you watch commercials, this right, is what happened like, okay. in Super Bowl 57. Yeah. So the end of America. <laughs> so you're like, uh, uh, yeah, the live tour. Let's go. Let's go. Elon Musk and Jared Kushner buddies with Mohammed Bone Sawman. Yeah, let's go. Let's partner up with Saudi Arabia. Vladimir Putin seems like a good guy. Victor Orban's got his head screwed on straight. This is where we're at. This is where we're at, people. So, so. <laughs> So then we go to the commercials, like commercial actors, you know, they need to make their health insurance. Like commercial actors need to book a couple commercials. Mm. Oh, you can't have any of these commercials. Why is that? Oh, because Ben Affleck and J-Lo and Sly Stallone and Bradley Cooper and his mom and Will Ferrell need these spots. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to give money to billionaires. That's that's the new America. Like, Give, it's like when they leave the Oscars, hey, here's a bag full of stuff valued at $173,000. Oh, wh why do I get it? Because you're already rich. That's how, it, that's, that's how it works in America. You're rich. Don't worry about it. It's the Eddie Murphy sketch from Saturday Night Live. Like, hey, man, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay. You're already rich. So Musk and Murdoch and Goodell, it's like, hey, man, we're, we're the big winners here. Meanwhile, the Sistine Chapel looks like because you, your game cannot be <laughs> officiated now. I, but 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 while we're while we are in the last days of Pompeii here, I it, it, would, it would I would be remiss 
if I did oh, because of the Bradbury call, I, I would no, no, the Bradbury call. Like Ray Bradbury, it's like right. a science, like a science fiction dystopia. This world we've been, you know. So <laughs> what the Bradbury call did is it made me pivot from my opening half hour that I had already had planned, which mm. is, guys, it's the Super Bowl and you can't find a playable surface. Are you effing kidding me? That more guys are slipping when they plant than in the Bengals game at Buffalo in a blizzard. More guys just wiping out, eating when they plant their foot in the middle of the field. Like, Boy, you're, you are right. That was, that was outrageous. And you know what? I will say that the broadcast is incented. I don't know at what level. I've, you know, I've been around sports media now for 20-something years. And no one's ever, I, I mean, listen, people have said to me, be careful before an interview with Roger Goodell. People uh, have gotten in my ear. Boss have been like, hey, Dave, now, all kidding aside, don't F this up. Be careful with yourself. Don't don't cross a yeah. line. And I'm like, what is it you think I would do? What, what, what would I say to Roger Goodell? And then that's a really fun conversation to have is the hypothetical question that I would ask Roger Goodell that would get me pulled off the stage immediately, not after the segment, but right in the middle of it. Like, that's it, Dave. You blew it. No, 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 no more. Not well here. Two more minutes. No, no. You're fired and banned from uh, from sports for the rest of your life. I love that conversation. Yeah, no, there is a weird instant Smith doesn't get to crack wise with O'Brien in 1984. Like that's not how, that's not how power works. Like God forbid you ask if it's a must win, if the Super Bowl is a must win, because the NFL at all times must be humorless. And then also in this, in this make-believe world that everything's just great, in, including playing a Super Bowl on a hockey rink. That you're not allowed, they, they, like that you can only kind of be, it, it's almost... There's like some subtle humor embedded in it. The 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 sort of uh, sardonic Olsen remarks throughout the game. Like they got to be cute about the crappy conditions of the field. Like, <laughs> but I mean, by the second quarter, by the second quarter, you have a montage of guys wiping out. It was, you know, that was like, that was for real crazy. It, and so and then I was texting Spaghetti and, and you and, you know, of course, you don't respond. But um, Spaghetti responded that it was that everyone was talking about it all week. Like, oh, you they knew were? This was, oh, I completely missed that. You you knew this was gonna happen, right, Spaghetti? It was a concern. No, I mean they're talking about the grass and they they make it a spectacle because of how the field that slides in and out. And so, like what they do is right. the grass at that field yeah, sits outdoors in the Arizona sun for all day. Um, and they water out there against the natural sunlight, then they slide it back in on this like kind of this belt inside um the stadium there and, and and i wonder also if leaving the roof open um had any effect on that but yeah i believe uh one of the players i think it was my said it was like playing at a water park it was so slippery wow so, i mean didn't right. butker butker got hurt did he get hurt so because week, of the turf week one of this football season you you were uh you'd already left the fantasy draft by the time this occurred but i said you know what i'm gonna go two dollars as as you do on certain kickers so I go $2 on Harrison Butker. He gets injured in exactly the same way that Jake Elliott went down in the Super Bowl because you can't plant your foot on this surface without going down. 
Is that going to be a problem to play tackle football? Hey, don't worry about it. Everything's great here at the NFL. <laughs> don't worry about it. Hey, Olsen. Hey, hey, who's putting together this montage of guys wiping out in the most important game of the year? Knock it off. You know, so Butker blows out his ankle on night. It wasn't the opening kickoff. I think it was the second kickoff of the season. And my $2 kicker is injured. And that was kind of the start of my terrible fantasy season. Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Anyway, so so you have a surface on, on Kelsey's second catch. Edwards uh, tries to plant and run with him. He just goes down in a heap like Pacheco almost went down after his touchdown, when he started dancing, he almost fell down. Like I, you, I, you know, the, the, the ice bowl, uh, there've been a couple of like historic moments, the ice bowl, obviously there was a, there was another game involving the giants where it's like, they changed to the, the, the three quarter cleats. It's like, guys, you're playing a game in the desert. Why are guys changing their cleats? This is unacceptable and unforgivable. Or as Roger Goodell, Booger McFarland and Tim Hasselbeck would say, Awesome. Nothing to see here. And God bless Greg Olson, because Greg Olson played the game. Nobody was grabbed and held at the line of scrimmage as much as that guy. Like he he knows the game, right? He didn't immediately go to his receiver uh, bias. Like you, you got to let go. Greg Olson immediately goes, no way. He's like, no way you can decide the Super Bowl. And, you know, I don't know who in the truck, who's in his ear, but like he didn't go nuts. But he was like, that's not a group. That's just not an acceptable way to end the Super Bowl. Pereira and then Pereira jumped in. And that's fine that, you know, he again, obviously talking about the subjectivity of these calls. Pereira's like he does seem like he grabs him and Olsen immediately pushed back with. I get it, but you can't decide the Super Bowl on that call. I thought it was a good little discussion that Pereira's like, technically, I see the hand grab the jersey for a split second. And Olsen rightly says, not in this spot. Can you make that call? And and, and you have to be able to to go, okay, he's he's got the jersey. I have a I have a four tenths of a second. I have a I have a rule in my head. I have a point at which I got to throw a flag, you know, and and I don't think any of us think that that point was reached in terms of the fraction of a second that that the hand closed on the jersey. I mean, it was so quick, even when you're looking for it, it's like it's not there long enough. And I don't know why Bradbury jumped on. I mean, you know, heroically, I guess, for the league. Uh, jumped on my bad, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think there's another DB in the NFL who, who wouldn't have gone. You got to be kidding me. You're going to decide the Super Bowl on that play. I, it is a bummer that I got to say it is, it is a bummer that Bradbury did speak up and say, yeah, I grabbed him. I just was hoping they would miss that one. Why well, just say that, man. Him. Maybe they got to him, Sheck. <laughs> Maybe Goodell personally delivered. Hench, this may be it. Hench, this might be the point where he's tipped over into just pure insanity. <laughs> you, you, boy, the, <laughs> the last days of Pompeii and all the rest of it. Excellent stuff. Excellent rant. You're welcome to go back to it. I assume that's your go to the week as the officials. Nay, for the entire 2022 
NFL season now, the GOAT of the season, is uh, is the officials. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Building the perfect same-game parlay can be time-consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre-built same-game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code OmahaFull, and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The GOAT, I think rightly, is Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to spend too... I am Because I am. I'm cynical enough that I don't want to honor him And uh, right now. He, uh, but it was a great performance. Also a great performance by the Eagles. And that's why it's such a bummer because it's all erased by that one. It's, it, it's largely going to be reduced to that as much as people are resisting that. I do... I'm curious to see what rises to the top over these next few hours and when we resume football season will it feel like we're here to honor number 15 and so that leads me to my question to you which is okay he's now been in three Super Bowls he has two rings he's 27 years old is there anything you can do because you know I I get that you can take a position that there's nothing anybody could do to ever catch Jerry Rice because of the raw numbers. No one could ever catch Gretzky, Gretzky in hockey because of the raw numbers. Is there anything that Mahomes can do to ever catch Brady in your book? I know you're a Patriots fan. I know the listener knows you're a Patriots fan, but 
can you adjust your eye and um, for, you know, specific contextual differences between the Patriots of the last 20 years and Patrick Mahomes with these Chiefs right now that would allow you to say, yeah, I think Mahomes is is uh, the greatest quarterback and, and therefore the greatest football player of all time. Is there anything that can happen over the of next Of course, decade? of course. I mean, it's like, and by the way, you know, Ovechkin is on pace. Like we thought this number, the goal number was never going to be approached, especially right. the way hockey became after Gretzky. So, you know, Mahomes has won two. It certainly doesn't seem like four or five is out of the question. I think when you, and obviously look at, at, at the numbers, um, you know, Brady is the, is the, the Bill Russell, right? He's just the winner. He's the winner. He, his numbers early on were nothing, you know, were like not eye popping. The, the number that mattered was he won his first 10 playoff games, including three Super Bowls. So Mahomes, you know, you're like, well, that's that. There'll never be another player in the football conversation. I think, you know, all you know, five AFC championship games in a row, uh, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he's 27. Like, I mean, I guess what I would say is I would be surprised if when Mahomes is 35, it's not a perfectly legitimate conversation to to talk about them together. Boy, I think that's I I don't know how that point has eluded me as much as I point to great QB on his rookie deal on a solid roster. And yet it's never hit me that what what you just said there. Brady's first couple few come when he's on that rookie deal and that defense in New England is mighty and Belichick is doing his thing. Same goes for Roethlisberger. Same goes for I'm trying to tick through the guys that, that that got him in that Russell Wilson got his ring on his rookie deal. I mean, I could go way back. Not that it's the same, uh, you know, salary structure or anything else, but Bradshaw's first couple come when it's a run heavy world order. And then it flips um, in 78. That's a great point. Yeah. I guess Mahomes is more responsible. If you att- attempted to apply a percentage to what role did the QB playing in getting this Lombardi Mahomes has had the largest percentage of responsibility as much as we can determine that um, in his two titles versus Brady's or anyone else's. That's a, that's an interesting or Peyton's or anybody. And you know, when, when point. Mahomes, I'm going to say that when home, when Mahomes wins his fifth Super Bowl and his fifth Super Bowl MVP, and they're giving him the trophy and they're and they're asking him how he feels, you know what he's going to say? I heard this. I heard this elementary school teacher got the same deal on my on my insurance that I got, and I'm and I'm pissed. Quite <laughs> frankly, I'm not excited. I'm not excited about this Super Bowl championship because some working class person out there is getting the same deal on their insurance that I am. How can I face life? Like, <laughs> any of these any of these narcissistic monsters look at a co- copy and go like, "Hey, I think I'm a jerk." He's a nice guy. He went around the locker room. I and think I'm a jerk in this commercial. I think I should pay. I should pay more for my insurance. I should pay taxes, right? Nope. Um, so listen, my goat. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So my good goat, the field conditions, the officiating, Affleck, Stallone, good Goodell, Rupert, <laughs> Elon Musk. Did you enjoy anything about the Super Mohammed, Bowl? Mohammed bin, bin Salman. There's lots of bad goats, of course. The live tour, the world coming to an end, lots of bad goats. My good yes. goat is this. And I know, and, and this is where the shills, right? I, this is why I said bet Mahomes MVP. 
because the the assembled media is incapable of deviating from the pre-written narrative, right? Which is the winning QB is going to win the MVP. So if you're picking the Chiefs to win, bet Mahomes to win the MVP. It's just, it's, it's a mortal lock. So Chiefs score 38 points. Eagles score 35 points. Chiefs have a defensive touchdown and a Kadarius Tony punt return to the five. So 14 of the Chiefs points, Patrick Mahomes has not a thing to do with. Right? So he 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 makes he creates 24 points. Jalen Hurts is responsible for every single point the Eagles score. 35 points. It is a historic performance, ties Terrell Davis's record for rushing touchdowns. He's clearly the most valuable player in that game. He's the good goat in that game, but you, you can't you can't go from the, the the preordained narrative, which is even if Tom Brady only throws for 145 yards, he's the MVP. Even if Len Dawson only throws for 142 yards and an interception in Super Bowl four, he's the MVP. So it's like I I feel like would have been amazing Jerry West style if they said, "Hey man, I watched this game and the most valuable player was Jalen Hurts." But they could never do it because they're all part of the of the machine, you know, that you can't, you know, hey, man, it's a it's a penalty in week seven. It's got to be a penalty in the Super Bowl. I hear you. But but, was in the lane for four seconds. It's a good call. Listen, I I agree with you that Hertz was dynamite, Um, but you can't give him the MVP in a three point game when he, you know, the unforced air of fumbling the ball. It felt like the Eagles were on the cusp of really making it not, I mean, it, it would never be a blowout as long as Mahomes is out there. You would never declare this game's over with 30 minutes to go. So you you think Mahomes- that uh, you think that false start on the third and a foot was a big play in that game? I'm just, I mean, no. come on, come on, man. What are I you agree, doing? I'm not agreeing how with you, you, by the way. How are you flinching? You were just told the snap count. You were just told the snap count. And you go to the line of scrimmage for the guaranteed rugby scrum first down and you flinch. And then 30 seconds later, the ball's in the other end zone. By the way, by the way, I honored you this past week. I wrote it. In other words, I stole from you. You brought this up on the podcast and then I scratched out 26 examples of where the Super Bowl MVP vote got wrong. Um, And in this case, I, I, I was really thinking about that this morning. Did they get it right with Mahomes? And to your point, the Kadarius Tony, it, it occurred to me late in the week. Boy, that's a great fun bet to make on Kadarius Tony. And if he had housed that punt return, I think he would have been the MVP, right? I think it, the, he gets tackled at the four. If he gets those last couple of yards and gets into the end zone there after he scores, if he scores two fourth quarter touchdowns, in a three-point victory, he's your MVP. I think that that's what ended up deciding it, right? Is that how you read it? By me, or do you think Jalen Hurts? I mean, I, uh, the ball fell out of his hands, and they picked it up and ran it into the that end was zone terrible. and tied that the game. Terrible, I, you can't but really it, give but me it MVP never, in that It spot. never should have been third and six. That was such a disgrace. I agree. I agree. Um, but, but, I, but, but I'm saying you would never out, give yeah, the still guy his, the MVP. His mistake. I mean, I don't really have a problem with Mahomes winning MVP, as I predicted he would, you know, not heroically. I'd. Right. You know, but I would say the 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 scramble 
the the scramble on this. By the way, he ran a four two forty to go hug Chris Berman after the game. So I don't this high ankle sprain. I is I mean maybe the Chiefs pharmacist should have been Super Bowl MVP. I don't really understand it. Like it's like he keeps grimacing, and now it's like, well, oh, can he move forward? It's like. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. No, he's nothing, you know. And when he, he always his, the- his his usual stride, his gait is typically that of a speedwalker, like an Olympic speedwalker. But it was exacerbated by the ankle injury. He really had that like that raised butt and those arms swinging when he was moving down the field. But it is very funny how it ebbs and flows g- given the situation. Like I'm celebrating right now. Oh, I I I got no ankle problem, but like. Getting back off, I, I just threw a bad pass on third down that was incomplete. I got to really limp it up real yeah. bad back to the sideline. It's now this is this has been suggested, and I haven't broken down the game film, nor will I, nor will I ever w- watch one of those commercials again, nor will I ever buy a product on purpose <laughs> that any of those commercials were for. By accident, I might, but man, uh, so but this is a fair question. Mm-hmm. This historic Eagles pass rush did nothing. Were those guys spinning their wheels every time they, every time they tried to launch, like were you, were your, was your foot just slipping when you tried to whip the right tackle? I, I don't interesting know. Like, question. Like yeah. When, when you see, you know, obviously you get good looks at all the skill position players skipping because you get all the replays, but like on the interior where guys just, falling down when they when they tried to explode because obviously the Eagles pass rush was invisible for the entirety of the game which I don't think anybody saw coming and it wasn't really like the Chiefs did anything exotic with their protection scheme it was just zero pressure from the Eagles and and Mahomes just comfortable all game so you know I I, I just think I want to say I would say don't play the Super Bowl on the Coyotes hockey rank not a great look for the NFL or or as Goodell will say there's never been a better field there's never been a better playing surface that's the best playing surface we've ever used well the canard, done the the canard will be and I I predict because I in fact I don't have to predict it I can see it over the you know 15 hours or whatever as we record here since the Super Bowl ended is that there is a push to try and establish this as one of the all-time great Super Bowls and you just can't do it when it ends on a bad call like that. We don't know what would have been. It would have been a happier ending, a better ending for the objective football fan if you don't decide it on that official's call. Let them kick the field goal with a minute left. Let's give it back to the Eagles who have been borderline unstoppable themselves um, unless the quarterback himself fumbles the ball and gives it and it gets that ending that we were deprived of that will vex me forever as a football fan. Of course. I mean, it's a real bummer. You know why the ball, you know why the ball slipped out of Jalen hurts hands? Tell us because it had just been on the grass, which is, we know is the slipperiest (laughs) surface on earth. It is. It's that, that, that they played, they played the super bowl on Astroglide. It is like oh, like, like uh, 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 they they lubricated the surface prior to playing the Super Bowl. Completely insane. Uh, I want to say it was a great. First of all, it was an, up until that point a really great game. That's the bummer. That's why we're all bummed out because the Eagles get the ball, and I thought, uh oh, already. I know this is a crazy thing to be thinking. Uh, you know, forty five seconds into the Super Bowl, but I thought on that third and five. 
the first the first touch that the Eagles had of the ball, the first possession, when it was third and five, I thought this is a big spot. And I know that's a ridiculous thing, but I thought they need to convert this. They cannot go three and out on the first possession, give the ball to the chiefs who are getting it. We know to start the second half, they cannot start the game so meekly. And sure enough, Hertz makes a nice play, a good throw to Devonte Smith who gets the first down and they go down the field and they get in the end zone. And I thought now this is interesting. Cause I thought, this was an important spot for Philly to establish themselves. They've done it all season long, driven down the field, right out of the gate. They did it to the Chiefs. Game on. Then the Chiefs get the ball back, and Mahomes throws that dime, a great catch to Kelsey, and immediately I knew we were in for something special on that one. It really tracks to, you know, their great halves of Super Bowls. That first half is up there with the one in Super Bowl 13 between the Steelers and Cowboys. Heavyweight slugging it back and forth, dynamic plays on both sides, and a weirdo play stuck in the middle there. There was the mugging uh, by Mike Hegman, not Larry Hagman, Mike Hegman and Hollywood Henderson of of Terry Bradshaw that kind of changed the direction of that game way back when. That fumble by Hertz did the same thing there. It set up as we went into the locker room for halftime, a beautiful second half, and that's what we got. It's just such a bummer that, that, that that's the way that what we'll remember is. But I do think that the machine, as you talk about, will do its very best to make this about a Patrick Mahomes narrative that contract not just through this offseason, but for the next half decade at least, like Brady versus Mahomes, that will be the conversation. Well, please. I'll say and this I, I too, it, about so. Mahomes and the the double digit deficits that he that are no problem for this guy. So his winning percentage when he's down 10 points is 58.4%. The next two best quarterbacks in that stat are Brady and Montana. Not surprisingly, they're both at 37%. So he wins games in which he trails by 10 points, 21% of the time, more than the, the second best guy in that regard. And so I will say not just, you know, what Brady Brady's came back from double digits against the Seahawks. And of course came back from 25 down against the Falcons. When you accumulate championships. So Mahomes has now overcome, by the way, both 10-point deficits, 24-14, I believe, 24-14 versus the Niners and Garoppolo, 24-14 at halftime against Hertz and the Eagles. So Mahomes is already, in terms of, of pulling in Brady, winning Super Bowls that it would have been fine to lose. I mean, like, no, like no, nobody would have been like, Wow, how did the how did the Patriots lose that game? They were down 28 to 3. Like you're supposed to lose. Like you're supposed to lose to the Eagles when you're down double digits to a team that nobody stops. So, you know, hats off to Mahomes. And the other thing he did, which is really, really impressive, is like I I gotta think it's hard to just sit around for an hour and a half during a game, you know, basically during a game, you know, halftime's usually 12 minutes. Uh, I think it was the, it, you know, the, the, the drive before the, for the field goal went on forever. Then Rihanna, you know, then like just, you know, to come out and be precise, no matter how long he was lounging on the sideline and Andy Reed, who I don't think anybody can root against that guy really. Uh, and, and one thing I want to say about Andy Reed, who immediately upon being interviewed, um, 
it starts giving credit to other people and got Eric Bieniemy's name out there so fast, uh, deservedly so, because, you know, it, it, nobody's had an answer for the speed of that Eagles defense. And uh, they they suddenly had quite an answer, which I guess Vic Fangio, not a big help this week. Like, <laughs> wait, what, did we, did we down? Like the ink is dried. We got yeah, to keep him send in that. We got to keep them in Miami now. Three hundred grand. We thought oh this was God. a big get for us down in uh, in Miami for twenty twenty three. Yeah, that was great. Um, Andy Reid is is just playing a fun guy. I, I always am struck by. I did the media night thing, the must win game, and all of that. I'm always struck by this is the biggest week of their lives, and when you're there on game day and you're up next to those guys, that. That the 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 vibrations coming off of those guys like this, you are an hour and a half away from the biggest moment of your professional lives. It's something to behold. And Nick Sirianni weeping and all of that. I don't know what to make of that. Actually, we should take a second to get your thoughts on that. I don't know how to react to whether or not that's appropriate or not. I mean, I can't imagine Vince Lombardi or Chaz Noel weeping before the game, but it is the game is bigger than it was back then, in a sense. You you feel the import of it to to society. It's transcended a, a championship in in football. It it you know everybody on the big blue marble is watching you, and and I think that hits home when you're down on that field in game day. Um, but I do have to say about the must win game thing. I think it's very funny. Something I never intended that it gets the pushback that it does. Like how dare you sully the sanctity of the media's interaction with these players. It's like there are people naked dressed in a giant barrel and a cowboy hat. There are people in costumes. And then the other half of the attendees of that media night are serious minded journalists. And that's where I'm trying to thread the needle is making fun of the serious guys, not the, not the clowns out there that it got the pickup. It did from Philadelphia media and, you know, media members at large, like who's the idiot asking if this is a must win game. And my apology to Jalen Hurts saying, I didn't uh, believe in you and, and I'm sorry. And people laughing and all of that. What I didn't intend it, I was intending to satirize the seriousness of this foolish endeavor when I started doing it. But the extra layer that you that you bring up there is now truth is in question. And so that extra layer makes it extra funny to me. It's like, why did Jay, why did that guy apologize to Jalen Hurts? That was super weird. And was that true or not? I think it adds an extra layer of fun. I just wanted to say that how delighted I am that that thing resonates more, that that stupid question resonates more, not less. People say, same old bit. Yeah, don't fix what ain't broke. I think just like the Kansas City Chiefs uniforms, it is always funny to me how PO'd people get about that completely stupid bit that I do. Well, so, uh, you know, but that sets me up to say thanks to Omaha and Caesars for a great week because they made it so they covered it. For us to do that, they gave us the space to then do a bunch of interviews. We talked to Cam Hayward at the Super Bowl at great length. You'll be surprised to learn we indulged uh, State of the Steelers talk with him. But it was a great time with extra points with Sal and and Martin and all the great shows we got to do there. It was a, it was a wonderful time in Arizona. You were missed, Hench. But that was great. That's a big takeaway from the Super Bowl week. But go ahead and say something else, and then I want to wrap it up with. Well, uh, with I just on the one quick look ahead. All, I don't, I, you know, oh yes, I'm sorry. Right, I'm, right, right. I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm Mr. Emotion. I love emotion. I want more emotion, not less. So, you know, if if he's thinking about the first time his dad threw him a football, and now he's right. at the Super Bowl, I'm not going to, you know, 
I don't, I don't, I don't want, we need to be more like that and less like Lombardi and less like Chuck Knoll. You can, you can be a human being and a good football coach. Um, what I'm hoping is one of these years, one of these years, you're going to ask your question and a coach is going to just go, uh, I don't think so, man. If we don't get him this week, we'll get him next week. Like, you know, somebody's going to be on <laughs> you, right? Like they're going to be like, this guy's going to ask this question. Is it a must win? And you got to be ready. You got to say, no, man, the important thing is we just, you know, we play as a team, even if we lose, no, no big deal. Like, but of course, you know, it's so hard to have a sense of humor for them to have a sense of humor. I will say this and Spaghetti will appreciate this story, uh, the horrors of Glendale. But I remember being there all week before the, uh, before the helmet catch. And I remember watching Coughlin moving around the various ballrooms and, you know, meeting rooms and interview rooms. And I was like, I think this guy's onto something. I was like, really like, I was starting to get nervous as kickoff approached. I was like, I think Coughlin has got a, got them believing maybe in his weird, he's just, you know, any given Sunday and it just angry, but also, you know, the courage of his convictions and, uh, and Spagnola, obviously, to connect the uh, connect the two games, uh, Justin Tuck dominating Logan Mankins in that game. And I will say one critical third down Spagnola blitzed and he didn't and he blitzed the guy that was much faster than Jalen Hurts. And that's kind of the key. Right. Because when you blitz Hurts, if he's this, if it's a if it's a linebacker who's essentially the same speed as Hurts, he has those four strides to think about it. But when he sent the DB and, and Hertz was like, Oh my God, this guy's way faster than I am and had no time to think about it. It was a critical, critical play. So it's like, you give up 35 points, you know, Spagnola is probably not feeling great about that part, but when it mattered most Spagnola came up with the stop that, that they needed. It is, by the way, as it gets away from us here and we, you know, we spent uh, a lot of time talking about, you know, exactly what you would expect, the refereeing and the greatness of Mahomes. But man, Hurts, that push, that rugby scrum that the Eagles consistently find themselves in and did in Super Bowl 57 specifically, repeatedly, and just that push that they get behind one. And by the way, I keep saying it, at some point, the QB is going to get hurt. They're, the guy pushing him from behind is going to hurt the QB's knee. There, there's some awkward falls that you see over the course of that. Be on the lookout for that one. I don't want to be a pessimist as we leave football behind here. But- I'd like to get rid of the scrum. I, I don't like the, 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 the way it is now, right? It's like, the okay, the ball is snapped, and then the quarterback goes forward however much he goes forward. And then... Then the play stops, but they don't blow it dead because the Jenga tower hasn't toppled in right. one direction or the other. So there was one where Hertz was stopped, and then the and then the the weight of the scrum just toppled him forward, and then they gave him the first down. It's like, yeah, it it can't be. Um, let's just wait thirty seconds and see where where he lands. I don't like the I don't like the formation, although I do think, oh, my God, play action out of that formation would would be dynamite. Oh, my God. Uh, The other thought I had real quick and I got to go there. If you watch the Jarek McKinnon kneel down, right, 
there's an Eagles DB. I think it was number 24. Um, so McKinnon, they're not tackling him. He's he's free to run into the end zone. But he's he knows that too. I saw this. I saw exactly what you're about to make. This, this would have been the greatest play, the smartest play in Super Bowl history. That DB, if he blasts McKinnon at the two, he scores. Like he McKinnon didn't leave himself any margin for error, but the DB let up because he was told to let him score. You need to be told, make him score. You That's know. exactly right. And I don't know how the officials would have regarded that and where they would have said, you know, momentum ends and all that kind of stuff. But if you're the, I, I thought the exact same thing. If you're the Eagles defender, and if by the logic, not that uh, Carl Sheffers would adjust, would be so lucid in the moment to buy your explanation, but if it stands that I can push Jalen Hurts forward, why can I not push the 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 Chiefs ball carrier into the end zone and his momentum still counts? Same logic applies. Right? I thought the exact same thing that that's what they should have done there. They just kind of were they they were hands off rather than get him in the end zone. That's what you want if you're the Eagles there. Um, anyway, go ahead. All right, me and Spaghetti will wrap it up here. I wanted to get your because I it, it, I remember growing up in Dickie V like. 17 minutes after they cut down the nets in March Madness on Monday night, he would immediately give his top five for the next season. And for some reason that that builds a little bridge, something to look forward to. That's what we love about sports. Hench, give us your Super Bowl for 58. Oh, wow. Super Bowl 58. Here's what's funny in the copycat league. I love looking at it and like, what are the messages? And I do think a lot of teams are going to look at the Eagles. I keep saying it and say, if you can if you can manhandle guys, it's a, that to me is the takeaway of football, not the refereeing, but the takeaway of the season is if you can push the other team around physically, which is obviously the core of the sport, but if you really load up there, you can dominate an entire season. That's what the Eagles did. I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at how they can create that push on both sides of the ball. The copycat league, the chiefs, not surprisingly are your favorite at plus five fifty right now. Here's what surprises me. Niners, by a tick, but still uh, have shorter odds. Yes, the Niners are plus 600. The Bills are plus 650. The Eagles are plus 800. So they like the Niners going forward with their uncertain QB situation than they do the Eagles, who just played in the Super Bowl. And then the Bengals at plus 900. That seems weird to me that they would be behind the Bills. Why would they be behind the Bills? But the Eagles behind the Niners is funny to me because it feels like the Eagles are the team that you copycat and the Niners are, are uh, more fluid there. And it feels to me like the bookmakers are saying, yeah, but don't you know the history of Super Bowl runner-ups? They never get back to the Super Bowl, so we have to take somebody else. How say you? Last All thought. All right, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, go uh, Niners-Bengals, um, but unlike the two previous times those teams have met in the Super Bowl, now it's the Bengals that have cool Joe, not the Niners. And I I nice. think that guy's special. Obviously, I believe the Bengals should have been in this Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't think they're they're going anywhere soon. They're they are really solid. Um, I I still think my Jamar Chase Super Bowl MVP ticket should have cashed even though he didn't play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Plus 1,200. Uh, Great you know, job, Hedge. Yeah, so- Great football season. We'll talk to you next week, of course, but we wanted to get your thoughts while they were still fresh and you did All right, not enjoy. Uh, get your get your insurance at whatever rate you can afford. 
Uh, although probably with the last days of Pompeii, insurance right. not a huge concern at this point. <laughs> um, just a travesty. All right, see you, fellas. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There he goes. Kevin Hench. Eddie Spaghetti. Boy, he was crazy today. I don't he think was- yeah, I don't I don't think the Super Bowl has much to do with um Elon Musk or Donald Trump, <laughs> but uh you know, I'm sorry for the listeners that endure that. Uh yeah. Why? The, the, Why? It was a, that I, was I a crazy was, performance. I thought Hench. that yeah, it was it, yeah, I would agree. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the obviously the penalty stinks. I've been rallying against the referees um all game long. I will say to defend the Chiefs fans who have probably defending themselves on, online right now. It's like, it wasn't like the penalty was going to take away the chance. Like it didn't give them points. They were going to kick the field goal anyway. Um, right. and, and the Eagles saw it like, march on the field and, and potentially either go ahead or tie it up. I understand that. Um, but you know, they did chiefs did miss another field goal early in that game. Like the, 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 the Eagles did have chances to really put them away. The only other time in Super Bowl history where a team was up double digit points at halftime and lost were like they were the 20 to three, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. So they now joined the Falcons in that company. So I, 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 it's, it's weird for me to really get that upset over the Super Bowl. It was a great game. Um, obviously as an Eagles hater, I'm, I'm right on cloud nine did pretty well in uh, box pools and stuff like that. So I'm, I enjoyed it. Um, but I understand why people, uh, well, people didn't. And, and um, I guess my my thoughts going forward, you guys get your Super Bowl 58 picks and looking at the odds, and I hate giving lame odds and, and, and giving, going all chalk. But when Patrick Mahomes, who's been a starter for only five seasons, has been to the title game in all five seasons, won the AFC West all five seasons, 12 plus wins all five seasons, five straight Pro Bowls, like two MVPs in, in the Super Bowls he's won. It's hard for me to go pick the Bengals, who I picked this year to represent the uh, the AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, the division, the AFC West, is just going to get like in my mind, it's just going to get worse. I think that the Chargers are going to struggle. They're going to fire Brandon Staley. You're going to lose Derek Carr, and who knows what's going to go on with the Raiders and uh, you know the Broncos. If what Terry Bradshaw said about you know when he kind of you know, blabbed and said that oh yeah like my former colleague Sean Payton didn't want to go to either Arizona or Denver ends up <laughs> what in Denver. Are you doing, Bradshaw? I know, and so <laughs> I, I mean. Doing? Russ won't be as bad as he was last year, but I don't still I don't love the scenario. There's no reason for me to pick against the Chiefs to win the division. Getting the number one seed is going to be just so paramount. So I um I, I'm I'm gonna probably ride with the Chiefs, and we may see a mini dynasty here. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, how we want to call it three super you participated in three Super Bowls and won two of them. I I think in the era of free agency, we can rightly call this a dynasty, especially since they played in three straight or, or they hosted five straight title games. I mean, you're you're being a cynic if you're not calling that dynastic. Um Listen, uh, do I dare pick the Chargers here? Not right now. Um, I, I I can't say that out loud into a microphone. The 49ers are fluid in terms of QB. I, you know, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, who's it sounds to me like is going to have pretty significant surgery on his throwing arm. It's hard for me to buy that Niners team, even as good as they were this this uh, season. I, I Look, listen, how I see I'm a pros pro, Eddie Spaghetti. You see how I can pivot hardcore into uh, analyzing these teams that won't play football for another half a year or so. All I'll say is this, and let me meditate on it for a few days. Hench gave you a little carrot there. Spaghetti just gave you one. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, Lucy and and not make a pick right now. Cause I got to think about this cause I'm too angry. Let me tell you something, Spaghetti. I'm angry. And let me tell you why all these Super Bowl winning odds are out there now that like we say Bengals plus 900 chargers plus uh plus 2200 Jags plus 2800 why are the Steelers plus 5000 why are that why why are the, why, why the, the Cleveland Browns are plus 4500 why are the Raiders plus 4000 and the and the Ravens are plus 3500 why are the Ste- and, and your gents are plus 3500 why are the Steelers plus 5000 no one believes in us by the way that is your goat of the week. Travis Kelsey getting to the microphone and telling us that no one believed in the chiefs. That is, let me just say this spaghetti. I'm, I, I, I'm remiss. I, I was remiss in not bringing this up earlier. This is the greatest. No one outside this locker room believed in us of all time. Travis Kelsey tight end of the Kansas city chiefs. Yes. I thought you were going to come in last place in your division and therefore miss the playoffs. People believed in you, Kansas City Chiefs. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. You have Chris Jones, you have a loaded-up team. People believed in you. That was the funniest no one outside this locker room believes in us of all time. I took it, maybe I was reading too much into it, but I took it, didn't Fox, everyone on Fox picked the Eagles, so I took it as that he was kind of screaming about, like nobody believed in us, meaning like, because obviously the broadcast was on, on Fox, that nobody picked them. And maybe there was like a you know a TV going on in the locker room and he was pissed off that he saw just Eagles, 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 Eagles down the line. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was that August buzz was like, well, they're not going to be as good with Travis Kelsey. I mean, with uh without Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was based around. Anyway, a wild episode on the heels of a wild Super Bowl 57. Again, thanks to our pals from Omaha. Uh, Anthony and Kirsten and uh, Rochelle and everybody else who helped us out there really made for a gangbusters visit out there to Phoenix, Arizona. Eddie Spaghetti in particular really enjoyed himself. Glad you finally got out to a Super Bowl after toiling in football media for so long. I hope it uh, it met your expectations and all of that. It was great fun to kibitz with so many people out there, see some old faces out there. That's the canard of Super Bowl week that it, it you got to do it to 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 build up to hype the event. Fat. It's there so everybody can kibitz with their old pals. That's what it's there for, is for all the media people to be like, ah, let's go out to a fancy dinner tonight. Nope, I got one scheduled with so-and-so for tomorrow, t- tonight, but tomorrow night, I'm on, let's get drinks. Let's have, it, it's a great time out there. Um, let's never change that part because it is uh, it is a great time every year. And special shout out 
Saw a lot of the old, uh, our, our old pals from NFL media, but it was great to see handsome Hank thriving and uh, get to sit down and catch up with our old pal. We'll get him on this show along with Matt Money Smith, the biggest requested guests ever on Minus 3. We'll rectify that sooner rather than later, and we'll be back with another episode for you later in the week. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out all the other great shows on the Extra Points Network, including Extra Points coming at you tomorrow. Are you and Jen Piacenti done for the season now, Spaghetti? No, we're doing one more recapping and uh, i like to announce that team waiver wired is victorious in the extra oh, you want it. fantasy league we won we beat uh obviously jalen hurts monster game on the ground aj brown had that big touchdown but outside of that um not a huge game from him and uh, the jalen hurts rushing yards rushing touchdowns enough to put us over uh the the score of team lemon pepper parlay so very happy second place finish last year first place finish this year me and jen are very very excited I mean, as it should be. If you yeah. if you didn't come in first place, it would be a disgrace. You're the fantasy show. I, I so agree. see, see, there's justice. So you you, you did what you were supposed to do. Yes. Um, all right. That's it for our Super Bowl 57 recap. We'll be back later in the week, like I say. Maybe we'll even uh, dabble in some puck, maybe some basketball. Who knows? Thank goodness as we move into the abyss here. I have two words to make myself at least feel better. Federico, Federico. We'll talk to you later in the week. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.